Be Coastal at the Boatyard Restaurant, located at 1515 Southeast 17th Street Causeway in Fort Lauderdale. Here, you'll feel part of the yachting tradition of South Florida as you experience the Boatyard's hooked-table, seafood-eccentric menu with fresh catches listed by name of the fisherman who caught them. The Boatyard's open kitchen is also known for premium grilled cuts of meat and a menu that's sourced from local ingredients. Sit inside in modern nautical-themed rooms or dockside and watch the boats cruise by as you enjoy lunch, dinner, and Sunday brunch. Monday through Friday, the locals know that the Boatyard's happy hour is the best place to gather for bar bites and handcrafted cocktails at great prices. And don't miss out on Ladies' Night every Thursday. Call ahead to book your reservation today at 954-525-7400. Clear the airways. The Lunker Dog is on the air. Are you ready? This is The Real Guy Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Real Guy Podcast. This is Captain Jeff, and um, bang out an episode with you guys. You know, it's funny, this week on... Um, on one of my Facebook posts, um, I wrote <clears throat> a funny little uh, a funny little clip, and I said, "Breaking news! Along with your safety equipment, registrations, licenses, the FWC will now require all vessels in the state of Florida to also carry antibacterial soap in case anybody comes in contact with the water." And um, that was the end of the post. Posted it up on social media. And I would say it was 50-50 of the people that um, saw the post. 50% of the people thought it was a joke, you know, or fake. But then 50% of the people thought it might be real. And they were like, you got to be kidding me. i got to now carry antibacterial soap on the boat in case somebody touches the water. But that's how close we've come. And that's how backwards our water quality is and the way we handle the problems. I mean, like, we're doing these independent water tests all around Fort Lauderdale. And most of the, most of the tests that come back are just, you know, failing miserably. And I got a feeling that the tests fail miserably, not just here in Fort Lauderdale, but all around the state. And instead of fixing the water, I could see the government coming up with a new rule for us to have to carry antibacterial soap on the boat with you every day. Sounds kind of far-fetched, right? Well, I don't think that's any more far-fetched than a recreational fisherman license. I mean, I don't think my grandfather, growing up in his young age, ever thought that somebody would actually get charged for a recreational fishing license. Like for somebody to go down to the pond and catch a catfish and bring it home and fry it up, you need a fishing license. Well, I guarantee you in the 50s and 60s and maybe even the early 70s, People had a hard time with that. But in today's day and age, shit, you need a license just to go to the bathroom. You need a license to do pretty much anything. And, um, yeah, that's kind of the way it's changed over the years. What was thought of as the unthinkable 
is now the norm. And I'm afraid that's the way it's getting with the water quality um, here in Florida. I think there's a lot of people that actually care about the water quality, but I think there's um, a lack of focus. I think there's a lack of unity. I think there's a lack of leadership, definitely leadership. Like Florida should be the leading innovator of the world when it comes to water quality. We should be the stewards. We should be the best stewards in the entire world. We should also have the best minds in the entire world with the best equipment, with the best solutions on one, how to keep good water quality. Two, how to rehabilitate the water that we've already destroyed. You see, there's a lot of water out there that's contaminated. One thing I learned this week is all the water in Broward and Dade County, according to the EPA, is contaminated. Not the drinking water. But all the freshwater ponds, all the canal systems, all of them have bacteria levels high enough to call them contaminated. So that's just a given nowadays. When the state looks at Broward County, they look at Dade County, they look at Brevard County, it's just normal. Another year goes by and their water tests are so poor and so bad that it's the new norm. It's just normal for you to fail year in and year out with poor water quality. I never would have thought that. Never in a million years. But that's a typical scenario. Because government can basically do anything it wants and pretty much not be held accountable for it. I mean, tonight at a city meeting, uh, local here in Fort Lauderdale was really concerned about the water and about the lack of activity that he's seeing as far as rehabilitating and restoring the water that's been um, totally polluted in the areas and the shorelines that have been totally devastated by the sewage spills. So he gets up there and he shows his concern. And the mayor, mayor of Fort Lauderdale basically mocked him and then laughed at him And interrupted him two or three times. And then he went back to his seat and sat out. And it was normal for that to happen. Totally mind-boggling to me. I mean, here you are, you have a concerned citizen who's spending his evening going to City Hall to sit in some crappy little place to listen to the most boring stuff you ever want to listen to. And he's down there because he's a concerned citizen. And he's concerned that the government is not doing what it's supposed to do. And he voices his concern. And the mayor mocks him and then laughs. 
And he does that because he can. He does that because it's normal for these city officials, state officials, government officials, federal officials to not have to listen to the people. Because basically they go back to their offices and they do everything they want anyway. And today at the city meeting here in Fort Lauderdale, it was, it was typical. There was um, a vote that was being had tonight, and that was to increase the infrastructure tax task force here in Fort Lauderdale. Now, we've had an inter infra infrastructure task force for um, over four years now. And I could have the numbers wrong, but it's something like this. I think there was 11 people on the task force. And they wanted to increase it by four or five more people. And there was probably a half a dozen people that got up tonight and opposed um, continuing and growing this task force. Because this was the same task force that was in place before the sewer pipes started crumbling, before the infrastructure um, started failing so bad and, this, and the sewage came out. It was the same task force. It was the same people. So there were people opposed to this task force. And they got up there and they basically, you know, told the mayor and the city commissioners and the city attorney and whoever the hell else is up there. You know, they told them and voiced their opinion on why they didn't think it was a good idea. And after about a half hour listening to everybody tell them why it was a good idea, they took their vote and unanimously, unanimously, unanimously <laughs> voted yes. There was more people there opposing than there were voting. But the people that were opposed, the people that were opposed were totally ignored. One gentleman, like I said, was laughed at and mocked. And until this type of stuff changes, we're going to always have these fights, these ongoing battles with the government, these ongoing battles with City Hall. Because these people just aren't going to be held accountable. They're not going to hold themselves accountable. But we did break a record. We broke a record here in the state of Florida. We spilled more sewage in one month than never recorded by any sewage spill. By like tenfold. <laughs> I mean, when everything was said and done, we had like 500 million gallons of sewage that poured out into the streets and intercoastal waterway and New River and Middle River here in Broward County. Big numbers, dude. Setting records over here. But what people don't understand is the water has no boundaries. So if we dump 100 million gallons of sewage into the intercoastal waterway, our neighboring cities will get poisoned and contaminated also. You see, the water goes wherever it wants. It goes according to the tide. 
It goes according to the current. It goes according to the wind. But it has no boundaries. So unfortunately, Pompano, which is our neighboring city, will be contaminated because the water from Fort Lauderdale goes to Pompano. And Miami, neighboring. But I'll tell you something that's totally nuts. Boca Raton, placed Spanish River. Fort Lauderdale, setting records as far as the amount of sewage we've been dumping in the water. And Alita Park down there in North Miami. All in the same week. These counties are adjacent to one another. Boom, 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 right in a row. They call it the Tri-County area. All had sewage spills in the same week. All had water closures in the same week. And common sense will tell you that all the water is contaminated. All the water is contaminated from Miami to Fort Lauderdale, Palm Beach. Going further north, we have contamination also. All this water meets. Everybody's having problems. But I still get questions like, geez, must you know, it must devastate the fishing down there in Fort Lauderdale. It must devastate the fishing down there in Miami. Well, no, it doesn't work that way. We're still catching the fish here. But next year, there'll be fewer fish than there was this year. And the following year, there'll be fewer fish than there was the year before. And so on and so forth. You feel me? Like, people think that when you have poisonous water, that there's going to be a fish kill, and that fish kill is going to stay in a concentrated area. Well, it doesn't. It disperses. And it slowly dilutes all through the ocean. And maybe it doesn't, maybe you don't see, like, fish kills when this happens. You know, like, you're not going to see three- and four-pound fish floating up to the surface. But what you don't understand, or what we don't understand, is that when this water, which is contaminated, travels, it's affecting the microorganisms, the microlife, plankton, all sorts of different larvae and stuff. Like one of the reasons I think we had like a horrible mullet run last year. Worst mullet run. I've ever witnessed in all my years. And I'm pretty sure it had a direct correlation with the red tide that happened, you know, the year before that. And what I think happened is I think that red tide went into the estuaries where the bait fish, where the mullet. Um, this upcoming concert season will be all about the boots and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. 
Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. you know, hatch and spawn and do their thing. And I think all the larvae and stuff was totally decimated by the red tide. So then when it was time for the mullet run to come, it never really came because most of it was killed. Most of it was destroyed in those microorganism stages. Now here in the Tarpon River and here at uh, uh, the Middle River, we did get enough sewage that went right into the water and it was dense enough to kill snooks and to kill snappers and sand perch and mullets a lot of crabs and shrimps and that kind of thing but they were very short um in small geographical areas like out where i'm catching the tarpon just outside the port i mean the tarpon are still there the snooks are still there the jack gravels are still there but what's being killed and what's being destroyed is what makes all that life tick. And that's why we're seeing the decline in fish, the decline in wildlife. Simultaneously and continuously, not only here in Florida, but all up and down the East Coast, all through the oceans. Contamination is one thing, you know, then overfishing is another. And here in Florida, we have water flow issues. You know, the way they dam up the water that comes through the Everglades and, and it's supposed to, you know, ride south. You know, we, we've totally screwed that all up. So there's a lot of different issues. There's a lot of different issues. But the fact of the matter is, is they all are impacting you know, the wildlife in a negative, in a negative form. I always use the same analogy. I say, listen, write, write two lists. One, write a list and write a list of all the things that you can think that are hurting the ecosystem. And then in a second list, write all the things that you can think of that are helping the ecosystem. Guaranteed, unanimously guaranteed that Everybody can find a heck of a lot more reasons and a heck of a lot more, more causes why the ecosystem is failing as opposed to why it's doing better. And they're all right. Everything on the list is right. I think you can prioritize things. I think you can prioritize things. And the reason I say that is because certain things are undebatable and have been paid for like the infrastructure problems that cities are having all over the state see the one thing about infrastructure is there's no debate everybody knows that raw sewage needs to be treated everybody knows that that needs to be handled I mean the first thing you do when you when you have a, a town 
is you build infrastructure to take care of human waste. I mean, it's just what we do here in the United States. So it's not like, um, you know, there's the debate whether or not you should do it or not do it. And the other thing, it's paid for. Like every single one of my uh, water bills come in. And um, on the bottom it says for water and sewer. And then there's an amount that I pay for that every single month. Now everybody that has a uh, small business here in uh, Broward County, or all across the state for that matter, um, your bills at work are much higher than they are at home. So you pay for it there also. Then if you're going to um, build anything new or have a stadium or a park or anything like that, any type of building, you're going to pay what they call uh, impact fees. Fort Lauderdale has collected millions of dollars in impact fees from these big-time developers that come in here and put all these fancy hotels up and these huge condos and these new marinas and all that. And they took the uh, the fees, and they took the money from our sewer bill and our water bill, and it was hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. As a matter of fact, in the last five years, it was over $250 million. And our government, along with many others, local governments, feel that it's perfectly okay to take the money that they build us as for sewer and water and do whatever the hell they want with it. Sounds crazy, but it's true. They take that money and they do things like give themselves raises. They take that money and they develop new jobs for new people, new departments. When these new departments and stuff uh, get going, guess who gets the jobs? Hmm. Anyway, that's a whole other story. That's the way politics works. That's the way governments work. But getting back to the water issue, infrastructure, sewage, Fort Lauderdale just set the biggest record ever. The same exact problem that Fort Lauderdale has is rampant. Whether it's a big city or a small city, but it's rampant all through Florida. Either one, like Fort Lauderdale, their infrastructures are so old and decapitated. They were put in in the 60s and the 70s. And then these communities grew without ever upgrading. Just um, totally exploiting the system that way. Doesn't have to be like a huge city either. Any small cities like that, you know. But they take the infrastructure money. They do other things. They neglect the infrastructure. And if the infrastructure has been neglected for, call it, 20 years, then it starts failing. And when it starts failing... Nobody knows that it's failed until the waste is already in the ecosystem. And then they run around like crazy and try to fix it. But it was a problem that they knew they were going to have 
They already paid to, fi to have it fixed. Or they already billed out to have it fixed anyway. And the same scenario is happening all over the state. So do this. If this is a subject that concerns you, if you're a fisherman or a hunter or just love the outdoors, check out the um, shape that your infrastructure is in in your town. You can find it out. It's public information. Find out when it was put in. Find out if there was any upgrades. Find out how it's being ma been maintained over the years. It's, it's easy information to find out, especially now with the internet and everything. It's not that hard, but it's not what you would call normal information that you would, you know, think about. But find out how old your infrastructure is in your little city or big city or wherever the hell you're from. Also, find out what they did with, or what they're doing with the money that they're billing for sewage and water. Like, if your town's billed out, you know, a million dollars in sewage bills this year, find out what they did with the money. Before they friggin' steal it. Before they give themselves raises with it. Before they friggin' make new departments. It's local politics, you know. It's not like the uh, the most exciting thing in the world. But I see people get way more excited about um, federal politics. All bitching and moaning about senators and states and policies of places they've never even been to before. And they watch it on news, CNN, Fox News, whatever you're into. And then you have these huge opinions about, you know... Stupid stuff that's happening in friggin' Iraq or Syria or something. You get these, like, you know, big-time, you know, opinions. On stuff that doesn't even matter to you. But locally, it could be happening right down the street. It could be a pipe willing, getting ready to bust, getting ready to spew out thousands and thousands of gallons of raw sewage... And you don't even know about it. But that's typical. That's the way it is. It's local politics. It's like the most boring shit ever. But do yourselves a favor. If you're like me, and you're overly concerned about water quality, especially friggin' salt water, do yourself a favor and find out what's happening in your own local government. Because they're in control nine out of ten times. It's your own local municipality. They have the water, they have the sewage, sometimes it's county. But find out how old it is and find out how it's been maintained. Because if your infrastructure is 25 years old and nothing's happened to it, there's been no fixes, there's been no maintenance, there's been no nothing. It's just like they're just riding the system like we did here in Fort Lauderdale. Soon your pipes are going to be crumbling. I know down there in um, that Cape Canaveral area, they got issues. It's similar, 
but different. It's not sewage pipes. It's sewage from septic is their biggest issue. They got thousands and thousands of people, neighborhoods and stuff, that are all on septic. And the tide's getting a little higher. And um, the septic's not draining the way it's supposed to. And it's seeping into the Indian River and in the bays up there. And unlike here, Mother Nature's not quite as strong. Doesn't have a tidal flow like we have. Doesn't have the ocean covering everything up like it does. That water is in those lagoons and canals and bays back there. And it just doesn't move around like it does down here. So that water is just slowly being poisoned by the septic. And as the septic oozes in there, barnacles and clams and oysters and stuff like that dies and then it just gets worse and then it compounds and from what I can understand is uh, the fishing up there has been dramatically declining and the fish populations and everything else same issue local governments should have got ahead of that septic issue a long time ago You know, it sounds it's like it sounds like it's asking a lot. It sounds like it's asking a lot for you to you know, actually do something like that. But it's not, it's a little. And if you're like me and you're emotional about it and it means something to you, well rather than getting pissed off after the fact when the damage is already done, you should get pissed off before the fact. Before the damage is already done. And if there's a town or municipality that you know that has done a great job with their system, then ask your local government, ask your mayor, ask your city commissioner, ask your city manager to reach out and to mimic and duplicate what they did. I don't know, maybe it's just... Um, I'm just asking people to actually get involved in the system. Because one thing that I've learned in the last couple months is that if you assume the system is working for you and you assume the people in office and the people that supposedly have the job titles that are looking out for you are looking out for you, you're mistaken. They're not. They're looking out for them. Not 100%, but it's kind of the way it goes. And even though it's not exactly 100%, it's almost 100%. Because out of the few people that actually give a shit, for every one of them, there's 10 people that don't. So their voices are hard to be heard inside the system. Most people are in the government system for one thing, for one thing only. And that's for, like, you know, some position they got there. They're into it for a paycheck. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying that's the fact of the matter. I mean, take the FWC, for instance. I mean, there's some good guys in the FWC that really care, you know, about fish and wildlife. But that's probably, like, one in ten. Most guys go to the FWC because they can get into the FWC. And if you put a couple, 
years in the FWC, then when you apply for your cop job in some small town somewhere or some big city somewhere, and they say, oh, who are we going to hire? Well, look at this guy. He's been with the FWC for three years. He has a great track record. He's been doing a good job over there. So what do they do? They take that guy, and they make him a cop, and he can make more money. And that's what they were used the FWC for. But very few guys go into the FWC because they want to save their environment or they want to be stewards of their environment. They go into an alternative reason. It's just the way life works. Not even bashing it. But I am calling it out. I'm going to say it because that's the way it is. That's real. Anyway, I've been rambling on for like 30 minutes. We'll, we'll wrap this thing up on It's Real. Thanks for listening to the Real Guy Podcast. Thanks for being part of the Real Guy Network. And if you like my 30-minute freaking podcast tonight, if you like my little rant, if you learned something tonight, give me a five-star rating on um, iTunes. The more ratings I get, the more people listen to the podcast, the more people listen to the podcast, the more I can sell out, the more I sell out, the more, you know, you can laugh a little bit, you can learn something. Anyway, it's Captain Jeff. Run that dog.